From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 202 of the Anxiety Project podcast, the subject, agoraphobia. I am Brad Robinson. This is a mouthful, but agoraphobia is the result of consistent anxiety over time. It can be a result of consistent anxiety. I'll get into that a little bit more, but I want to tell you where I was at before I started to recover from anxiety because I reached a rock bottom and agoraphobia was my rock bottom. At this point, before I desperately sought out a mentor, someone who was going through the same thing, I was in my bed. I was taking medication I did not need from the doctor because I thought I had a UTI at the time. And I demanded to my doctor, hey, give me UTI medication. He gave it to me. I started taking it and I felt worse, right? Because I was still feeling all of these sensations. I was expecting a quick fix. And I didn't even feel like myself. I was rolling around in bed. I called my sister up because I was all alone at home because I wasn't going to work. I wasn't going outside. And I needed some sort of reassurance. I needed someone close by just in case I actually go crazy or something happens to me where I can't gain any sort of control over myself. So I called up my sister. She came over and she was just around. She was just watching TV. But at this time in my life, I was unbelievably helpless. Things were the most uncertain things have ever been in my life. I didn't feel like myself. I felt like I was automated, uh, not in control. And I thought at the time, this is how it's going to be? Am I ever going to get better? Is anyone out there going to understand what I'm going through? And so in this video, in this podcast, I want to shine a light on agoraphobia. I want to dive into the definition, how someone can get to that point of agoraphobia where they can't leave their home and how does one begin the process of desensitization or how does one reduce this overwhelming aspect of anxiety. Now to start off this podcast, let's look at agoraphobia, the word in more detail. Let's cut it in half. Agora means a public place, a market, right? So it's the fear of public places. That's really interesting. And it's interesting because I unconsciously avoided anything other than my home. Agoraphobia is the result of constant avoidance of certain situations that make you feel trapped and judged. That make you feel trapped and judged. 
Repeated avoidance leaves the person feeling helpless and overwhelmed inside their home, unable to step out into the unknown. And that's how the sufferer sees the outside world as a place of uncertainty. Now, how it all starts is when your internal anxiety system, it produces a wide range of sensations. Then those sensations get misinterpreted as serious health concerns while you're in an environment where you feel trapped and vulnerable in front of other people. And this can drive you to run out of the environment. This is the flight reflex of your physiology. There is this tiny almond-shaped part of your brain called the amygdala that produces the fight, flight, or freeze response whenever it detects danger. And it's unconscious. Remember, it's a reflex. So you're in this environment, you reacted to your sensations as a perceived danger, and you left the environment. There were many situations in my life where I ran from the environment because of how I perceived my sensations. I'll give you one example. I was at a lighting workshop for work because I thought this workshop will help enhance my knowledge of the equipment I was using. And I took it, I went there, I sat in the front row. During the workshop, I started to fixate on my sensations. This brought about a lot of fear self-doubt, uncertainty, and then I ran to the bathroom. Well, I got up and I walked to the bathroom, but in the bathroom, I was pacing back and forth because I didn't know what was going on internally, and then I thought, how am I going to go back in there? What if I lose control in there and people think I'm this way? What am I going to do? And I grabbed my stuff and I left. I got out of there. Now, at the time this occurred, I remember there was a lot happening in my life. Not only was I carrying around a lot of baggage, but I was making my life a lot more complicated than it needed to be. I was running around with my head cut off with no aim and no goal. I had a lot of uh, relationships that I needed to heal from. I was engaging in a lot of impulsive pleasures. I was hanging around negative friends, living a very hedonistic lifestyle, very bitter and resentful. And a lot of pain was stacked beneath me, a lot of emotional distress. And I was confused because I didn't know if this career I was I was moving towards was the right choice for me. And I just felt I was very dependent. And overall, I looked at myself as a very weak person. So all of this chaos was happening to me. And I look back and I realized that that anxiety, those sensations, that frustration, the bitterness, it was all a sign from my body saying to me, Hey, Brad, you know, things need to change. 
Now, before I dive more into that aspect, let's go back to the amygdala. The amygdala makes associations. And it makes associations not only to environmental factors, but the sensations. Now, that's really interesting. So, when you're in a situation and you start to pay attention to your bodily sensations and you interpret them as life-threatening, as a very concerning health condition, then the amygdala goes, "Uh oh, this is not good. When I feel this way, that equals death. That equals pain. And the amygdala remembers the environment you ran away from. The amygdala stores that information. Oh, this environment is a place where Brad felt trapped and judged. Okay, well, I'm going to hold on to that. And then when you go somewhere else, you go to the shopping mall instead of the movies, the amygdala goes, hey, this is an, this is an environment where Brad could potentially lose control and be away from his safe place, his safe people, uh, and he might feel judged here. So the amygdala responds. The adrenaline, the cortisol is produced, and then you run away from that environment as well. So it's important to remember that the amygdala is the emotional memory, right? If the situation is linked to pain, then the emotion is of anxiety. It's of fear. Now, my home no longer became my safe place. I was experiencing strong panic even in my bed. I acted as if staying at home would make things better, but it only made the dragons around me grow in size. My fear of confronting my work environment that grew. That grew so fast. My fear of going crazy, that grew unbelievably fast. My fear of any uncertainty, that grew and grew. And so, yeah, I was in my safe place, but it no longer felt like my safe place. The more I ran, the more the walls around me moved inwards. And then at 2 a.m., when all the distractions are not present, loved ones are asleep, and it's just me and my own mind, I wake up in a sweat. My heart's racing, shallow breathing, racing mind. There is no running from the monsters. I was running from external circumstances that made me emotionally distraught. But there is no running from yourself. When it's just you and your own mind, your unconscious goes, I got to send Brad these signals that things need to change. And then, like most people, what did I do? I didn't know how to deal with all those emotions, that pain, that fear. So I repressed it. Distraction, distraction, distraction. These monsters are from within. No reassurance, no alcohol, no drug, 
No food or TV show can hide you from that. Our bodies are looking out for us by sending us signals. The sensations and the chaotic mind is a sign that things are not okay and things need to change. Too much is unresolved. Remember, anxiety disorder, disorder, order that's disrupted. There's a great quote from David Goggins that pertains to this. People want to jump to peace without going to war with themselves. Now, let's look into the qualities of someone with agoraphobia. They have no trust in themselves. They put other people first rather than their own health and well-being. They are dependent. Right? They're dependent on external resources to fill the void, to numb the pain. They are disconnected with who they are. They don't know themselves. They don't know what they like. They don't know what makes them feel good other than those external resources that inevitably are not good for them, right? They don't, they don't have an internal dialogue with themselves. They're not their best own best friend. They feel lost. They feel emotionally numb. They're obsessive. They're messy. They're flaky. And what, what I mean by that is they avoid get-togethers. They say, hey, I'm going to commit to something. And then next minute, they don't show up. Or they're very internal. They're very internal. They're always fixating on certain sensations. And I get that. Coming from that place, I remember being so fixated because I was just trying to solve the problem, right? I was desperate, right? I put everything else on the back burner. The symptoms became of top value to me. I just wanted to solve this problem. So relationships, work, school, that was put on the back burner. I didn't have the knowledge of anxiety to climb myself out of the hole. Out of desperation, I found a mentor, someone who went through the same thing I was going through and got better. And this mentor walked me through the symptoms and habits of an anxiety sufferer. This shifted my perception over myself and my situation. I thought, well, no wonder my family, friends, coworkers, they don't understand. It's either they have anxiety and don't know how to get out of it, or they've never experienced anxiety before, or suffered from anxiety, rather. And so this person overcame this helplessness, the uncertainty, the panic, the agoraphobia, and this was the aim I needed. This person served as this marker for a better existence far out into the distance, but that's exactly what you need. You need a North Star because without the star, you're just aim, your, your aim is of nowhere. You're wandering in the desert. You don't want to wander in a desert. You want to have some sort of trajectory, right? Because 
you're not going to feel any positive emotion without an aim because you have to see yourself progressing somewhere. And that North Star, that mentor, that's the aim, the goal. Let's start to move into that direction. And God, I was so desperate for that. I would do anything and I did anything, right? I followed this mentor religiously, religiously because, well, I was in my bed calling up my sister for help, desperate, dependent, and out of control of myself. And believe me, that is no picnic. That is hell. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Before I conclude, I want to tie another one of my podcast episodes into this one because this episode that I'm about to share with you is important for the desensitization, the way out of agoraphobia, right? So it's podcast number 198 and it's called Desensitization. So go and listen to that. In that episode, I talk about how one gets out of this extremely sensitized state. Really crucial. Remember, rise above anxiety. Thank you, everybody, for your comments, your ratings, and please share this with someone you know to be suffering. You just may change their life. I will see you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.